Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark those, the, the brains that will change the world. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and co-host Latrice Ross, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to you, Latrice. We have a special guest on as well, Robert Patillo. Thank you, King, for being with us, as both of you will say. Hello to the Truth Seekers, but Robert, we will start with you, if you will, just give people, the Truth Seekers out there listening, a little bit of your background, and thank you for being on with us once again. It's always excited for me to have you on the show, because we, again, we often bring on people with high levels of intelligence, and I do put you in that category, and I, I would even rate you as one of the people I consider a little smarter than myself, so go ahead, King, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, anybody who's in Atlanta probably knows me from Deuce and Talk 1380. Uh, WAOK, our show comes on Sundays, work to four, uh, and also for uh, being active in the community as much as possible. So thanks so much for having me on. Now, absolutely. And Latrice, again, thank you for co-hosting with me. I woke you up early this morning. And I didn't give you the week's heads up, so I know you hadn't been able to research and do all your, you know, that's what you know for bringing the information and the stats to the game for whatever we discussing this morning. So thank you for, uh, in a sense, pitch hitting for me this morning. But again, thank you for being with you as well. Just introduce yourself to Robert, and we're going to get started with this morning's discussion question, which is reparations. What about Africans selling other Africans? Again, thank you for being with us, Queen. And you can give a little bit of your background as well. Good morning. Thanks, Montoya, for waking me up. I needed that wake-up call. Um, I am a um, diversity and inclusion consultant. I have several years of um, consulting with organizations, um, helping them to become more inclusive in how they work, um, building strategies around being more inclusive, et cetera. And I love researching, um, especially um, my history and issues related to women's rights. So um, that's a little bit about me. Glad to be on the show this morning and looking forward to the discussion. 
Uh, absolutely. So we'll start like we always do. We got callers ready to get in with us this morning. So my brother Pianchi out of St. Louis out there with Brother Pianchi, we will be getting you in. We're going to set the backdrop and go to a break and we'll, uh, you know, open up the show and then we'll get to a couple of callers that's already ready to get in with us. Um, since they're out there, I'll go ahead and let people know if it's your first time listening. Um, the number to get in this morning is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You will need to press one to let us know you want to speak. Again, I'm jumping in a little early with you because the callers are with us pretty early. Well, to get started like we always do. Um, I always, I don't prep with my guests. I don't prep with you, my co-host. It's kind of a, just to keep it real organic and realistic. So the initial thing that I always like to ask is to ask. Uh, we'll start with you, Robert, as a guest. Is to ask. Your initial thought, in in this incident, you and I kind of came up together with the, this morning's discussion question. Well, again, how would it be worded? And so my initial question i like to ask is just what was your initial thought when I sent that to you and said, hey, what are we going to call it? And once you kind of we settled on the name, if you can recall, what was your initial thought, even if it was off the, you know, kind of out of left field, whatever your thought may have been, uh, what came to mind when you heard this morning's discussion question? Reparations. After, what about Africans selling other Africans? Go ahead, King. Well, you know, this was one of those things that came out of the congressional testimony, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago now, uh, where many conservatives uh, who were testifying against the idea of, of America paying reparations to the descendants of the enslaved uh, would make the point, well, what about the Africans who sold us? We deserve the reparations from them. Uh, and it's just a method of deflection. From what the real discussion has to be, which is the duty, uh, the debt owed by the United States government to the descendants of those who were enslaved by that said government. So that's what immediately came to mind. That this was a, uh, just a way of distracting people from the uh, the primary concern. Well, fair enough, uh, Latrice. Um, you as well. For our initial thought, or, you know, you haven't had long. You just thought about it. I woke you up and said, "Hey, you be on this show." So, did you, did, you know, outside of you know, I can't believe Montoya's waking me up. What was your? I'll call. I'll ask you for your second thought. <laughs> <laughs> your first thought this morning. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, we won't discuss that first thought when I heard the phone ring and saw your name. So. Oh, it was worse than I thought. Okay. <laughs> 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 you know, we got a politically yeah. correct show. If you cuss me out, you can say that too. Now, go ahead. No, I'm not going there. I have a reputation to do it. You're a lady, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to stop. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did a little bit of research, and, you know, I was um, – of course, I've always heard, well, what about the Africans that sold other Africans into into slavery? But it's not – as people make it seem. And so it's something that I definitely need to dig a little deeper in, and I definitely thought, as um, Robert thought, that it's a deflection to avoid the real conversation of why this country owes the descendants of, of slaves um, reparations. Um, and it's, a, it's an attempt to um, divert the attention away from the real issue, the ongoing um, issues in the black community that are a result of how we came to be in this country. So um, pretty much the same thoughts. Okay, fair enough. All right, let me throw in um, partly my perspective, and we'll go to our first break and get started hot and heavy with this morning's discussion, get to the college as well. Um, definitely can agree with the idea of it being a diversion. I think we'll obviously get more in depth into, uh, you know, why each of you are saying that. I will say in part, and this is just kind of to be to, to set the full backdrop for anybody out there listening, I see obviously as 
Robert, I guess, said, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had the congressional hearing on H.R. 40. And so it was almost like perfect timing because, as you said, Robert, you hear that, in a sense, deflection, quote, unquote, thrown out, right? So you hear the deflection. And what I've, thought, what I've seen since that time, just, you know, and we know we're all on social media to some extent, but since that time, I've seen this question thrown out, whether you believe it to be a deflection or be, even believe it to be a fair question. We will absolutely accept callers who feel different than us. We'd like to do that if you're a first-time caller. But with that said, I saw plenty of people who seem, in a sense, not to know what, what to do with that question, if that makes sense. And I even recall in my youth, without a, a conversation about reparations, just a question by itself in the sense of talking about the enslavement period, sometimes getting thrown that question 20 years ago when I was in college, and I can even remember the first time I got thrown that question, I didn't have any idea what to do with that. Um, when you think about coming up in the public school system, I, I think you can agree at least now there's a limited actually history even taught in America in reference to the enslavement period here in this country, but even less so about what happened in the event of bringing our ancestors here. And so I remember getting that question years ago and not really knowing what to do with it now. Being a historian, I've definitely researched it, and I know we'll bring a lot of that to the table. So I felt that to say I see this, this morning's discussion twofold. Um, make it in relation to, you know, in a sense, what's the responsibility in regards to reparation, but I would say even more so just getting in depth to kind of, one, sharing some of that real history of what happened before our ancestors were brought here or during that period, as well as just equipping people with who, who may, who like myself, when I first got thrown that question, again, not in reference to reparation, but just what about it, um, to basically equip people and give our people some information that I don't think they're getting in school, per se, or if you don't research it on your own, you may not know. So I think this is a, a chance to inform people, an informative show, as well as related to the discussion of reparations that seems to now is going to be an ongoing discussion, and I would even offer, quote, in my own opinion, rightfully so. So we are up against the break. We're going to go into our initial break. When we come back, we'll be back with special guest Robert Patillo, as well as co-host Patricia Ross. And we'll open up the phone line short, shortly after. Again, if you are on the phone line and want to get in, make sure you press 1. A lot of people will after the show, say, I didn't get in. Like, you didn't press 1. So make sure you are pressing 1 if you are trying to get in on this morning's discussion. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. 
Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, as well as co-host Patrice Ross, our special guest this morning, Robert Patillo. This morning's discussion question, reparations, African, what about African selling Africans? So, Robert, we'll again start with you as our special guest. I will definitely, um, you to be honest, I didn't even tell you this part, you really prompted me doing this show, in particular this week. As I mentioned before the break, I definitely have seen people discussing all aspects of, especially reparations on all levels uh, um, throughout social media. But you particularly kind of laid out what I would consider a understanding that I, I, I would say a lot of people fail to understand. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, yep, good on that point. Yep, good on that point. So you laid out a lot. Um, on social media, and I kind of want to start there and, you know, kind of put you on the spot and just, I, you know, kind of share y- your thoughts in reference to, as you said, this question that you feel is a deflection uh, uh, in reference to reparations. So I'll just kind of let you open the floor and just kind of, you know, mention the things that you said and just, again, just to give you credit, um, you prompted me saying, hey, you know what, we need to go ahead and do a show. Uh, I think more people need to be informed about, you know, even just what you put very succinctly in that post, so I'll start with you, King. Um, and, you know, go ahead and kind of take the floor of yours, King. Well, well, you know, thanks so much for that. And and part of it is uh, often we get caught into these conversations within a modern context, and so we we take something without a historical context, and we attempt to view it through the lens of modernity. With that, when people say, "Well, uh, well, shouldn't the Africans who sold us?" be paying us to reparations. What they're thinking about is the idea, the modern idea of blackness as uh, as would be versus the uh, concept of blackness at that time. There was no concept of blackness on the uh, in Africa because everybody was black. You didn't have to have a united social structure, a united uh, ethnicity, and a united group around your skin color until there was an outside uh, uh, agitator to bring those groups together. So we were separated along imperial lines. The same way the the French fought the British, the, the same way the Gauls fought the Visigoths, uh, the same way that we were divided between empires, divided between kingdoms. Uh, and thus when you have an outside body, an outside uh, agitator come in to disrupt the um, the delicate balance between kingdoms there, uh, you end up with intertribal warfare. Uh, think about it this way. Uh, imagine aliens showed up right now. I mean, just like straight-up aliens from outer space. And then they came to America, and they offered to sell us laser guns or whatever the weapons they have in space are. Well, a lot of Americans would make that deal. And if, the, and if, re- if in return for that, the aliens said that they wanted to take all the uh, Central American refugees and they're going to take them somewhere where we won't have to deal with them anymore, we would definitely take that deal. And so that's what happened in uh, mm-hmm. on the west coast of Africa about 500 years ago. You have the Europeans who come as the aliens invading, and they, uh, they talk to and they trade with uh, the coastal tribes. And now they give them these advanced weapons that they can use to conquer age-old enemies. And all they have to do is pay them with the enemies they just conquered with the weapons they just bartered from the Europeans. Well, that 
that goes into the fact that their concept of slavery is not the concept of slavery we have in the 21st century in America either. Because on the continent, and most of uh, human history, slavery was more more akin to indentured servitude, to serfdom, to being a plebiscite. And with that, slavery did not take away your humanity. You did not become subhuman. You did not become chattel. You were just a person. You could think of slave as a job. You were just a uncompensated laborer, but who still had the rights of humanity. Additionally, it generally was not generational. If you were enslaved, you were enslaved for a term of years, you were enslaved for life, but your children would have an opportunity to start fresh. They weren't just automatically enslaved uh, as long as your bloodline continued, as was what happened in America. Uh, and in addition to that, often, and you'll see this throughout history, particularly in Arab slavery or even Roman slavery, there was an opportunity for individuals to either work off or buy off their freedom. And you, you hear stories of slaves who rose to be kings, to be emperors, who uh, gained riches, who uh, became scholars, because it was not the same form of dehumanization and eternal chattel slavery as existed uh, uh, among Europeans who took our ancestors to, to America. So now you have the aliens who are coming to trade advanced weapons for you, and you're trading the prisoners you got from the last war into what you think will be indentured servitude, what you think will be hard labor, but not what you know to be eternal and immortal dehumanization and enslavement. So we place these things within this context. The actions of our ancestors make more sense than they do just looking at it shallowly through the, the spectrum of what is this today. And let's remember and understand uh, that... Oh, no, sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no. But, uh, just on last one, let's remember and understand that when you have a different form of slavery, chattel slavery versus indentured servitude, when you have an economic incentive behind this, and when you do not understand the nature of these beings that you are encountering, Going back to that analogy about aliens invading, of course they're going to be nice at first. Of course they're going to be, I don't know, the smiling faces, Christian missionaries, uh, white women and pork sausage that they bring to try to entice you. But because they did not know the nature of these beings which had come to trade with them, you cannot now, looking through the lens of what happened over the last quarter millennia, Blame them for not knowing what would happen to us who were enslaved or what would happen to them who were colonized. And so that, that's why I think it's just such a distraction to misplace the uh, need for voices onto our ancestors instead of the masterminds who were put in the other scheme in the first place. Hey, thank you for that great backdrop, the context. Again, often we have to do that, especially when we're looking at things, historic, looking at things historically. Um, I always think that it is always favorable to understand history so we understand where we're going. And, and what you just laid out, I think, is a lot of history, in my personal opinion, that a lot of people don't understand and why some may, in a sense, struggle with that um, question. And, as you said, those who are using it are using it either disingenuously or 
if to, to, you know not to give them credit, but if they're using it without that context, then it is taking it in today's time or what we know of enslavement in, in, in this country in particular, obviously being very different. And the one thing that you pointed out, not, not to make light of, you know, again, that horrible history, but when I listen to you, you know, when you're talking about different um, slaves in other parts of the world becoming kings, and I'm sitting here going, dang, so we should have already had a president already. <laughs> we should if, if we had a practice enslavement the way everybody else had been practicing it for thousands of years before you got into, as you said, chattel enslavement during the um, transatlantic slave trade. Uh, anything from you, Latrice? Again, I know you said you were able to research a little bit, so uh, we found anything. I'm pretty sure you found a lot of what Robert said, but you may have found something unique. Uh, you can then give any thoughts to what he had to say. Go ahead, Queen. No, Robert encompassed everything that I um, had an opportunity to research, and um, because I hadn't been focused on that aspect of it, because to me, um, it's not as important as paying the reparations and ensuring that we um, achieve equity in this country. So um, he, you know, only had like 15 minutes to research, so he definitely encompassed my little bit of research. And I think that more people need to dig and begin to understand just how we came to be here, a genuine, true understanding so that when we encounter these topics, because I don't think this question of reparations is going away anytime soon, that we can handle it effectively um, and be able to challenge that pushback. No, absolutely. And I hope, you know, this show, I hope this show helps. Let's go to one of our callers and uh, a couple of people on the line for a while. So let's go ahead and start with our callers and see what they have to bring to this morning's discussion. If you are a new listener, Make sure you are pressing one if you're on on the phone lines. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that number is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You do need to press one to let us know you want to speak. Let's go to our first talk. Area code six seven eight last three nine two seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Reparations. What about Africans selling Africans? Go ahead, Colin. Yeah, uh, how, how you doing, panel? And what's going on, Black Socrates? You're a funny dude. I'm just gonna tell you that. <laughs> My name is Brother <laughs> Art, man. So, Brother Art, how you doing? Can you take? Funny how you taking? Are you taking it personal, brother? You ain't even laughing what I was. Hey, <laughs> brother, let me say this real quick, nah. just so you know. I know you're on the mm. line. You have to text me and let me know. I got you, brother. Let's do this. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, I like what the brothers and sisters said, uh, very educational, and that whole thing that uh, African people enslaved themselves is really coming from a Christian ideology, and this is what they kind of taught us in churches and just taught us in general to actually, uh, uh, you, you know, hate, hate African people, and so it, it's two factors I want to mention real fast. One, there were no African kings and queens or monarchs in Europe planning the transcontinental uh, kidnapping trade. Let's get that straight. So you can't even get us with that. Second point, there was not a slave economy in Africa, meaning uh, the economy of these nations didn't function off of the binding selling of people. All right, you need that. You need a slave economy to actually have slaves. Second thing, when they came over, they decentralized trade, right? So a, a small example of that would be in uh, black communities, hood, where you can't get a great paying, paying job in the hood, right? The best paying job in the hood 
right, whether we like it or not, would be selling drugs. So, so these things are implemented, right, where, where, where the trade and commerce is based off the trade, drug trade. So everybody knows if you want to get money in the hood, it's through selling drugs. Now, if you want to get a good job, you got to leave up out the hood, you know, get educated and get it. So in Africa, they had an excellent trading system between different tribes. Just like all people, we was fighting each other wars. And like the brother said, uh, you get people that are prisoners of war, right? And one of the things was once you was a prisoner of war, you had to pay a debt because you just killed family. You just killed people, so you got to pay that back. You have to get reintroduced into the tribe, understand the rules and the regulations. So this might have been two or three years until you got acclimated, right, into the system, right, that you had attacked. Okay, so I think it's very important. And a key word here is at first. So, okay, at first we wasn't doing it, but as trade got decentralized, right, and that became the only game in town because they cut off the trade routes, they controlled all of that, we need to know that, then you start finding certain nations uh, traversing in the slave trade, right? And so, first of all, we, that word Good slavery it, is out of context. We should never apply that. Very much so. Right, slavery. Now, very we much so. Really Let me do this real quick, brother. I want to hear what I want to hear what my guests have to say because you're saying a lot of great information. Thank you. Know, I'm not. I'm not cutting you off. I want to let them kind of jump in just to see if no, they can a little back and forth with them. Yeah, no, 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 good stuff. And let me say this real quick before, Robert. I want you to respond first, uh, real quick, just to I want to make sure for, for listeners who understand clearly what Brother Unc is saying about that drug trade in reference to the day. And, again, that's the whole reason we're doing this show, putting historical context, helping us understand it better today, and kind of what he, he just ended with. It became the kind of the only game in town. That's what he meant when he referenced to how in certain hoods, yeah, and, that's, and that's a reality in, in certain, unfortunately, in certain communities in our country where, you know, the, the, the jobless rate for teenagers in some of those communities are 50%, <laughs> where, it, uh, where, you know, no, no, despite what you're hearing about um, the jobless rate around the country before a lot of the teenagers in those communities, the only game in town is the drug game, and he's basically making that reference to say that's what ended up happening to a lot of the tribes once it became an ongoing economic benefit to those kingdoms or to those tribes to get involved. And, again, I just want to make, make that clear what he was saying with that. Well, go ahead, um, Brother uh, Robert. Any any questions? I mean, anything, you know, yeah, what, what do you think about what Brother Unk brought to the table? Well, he was making very good and important points because the other argument that I hear often is, well, even if they didn't know what was happening at first, you know, they didn't know what was happening in 1619 uh, and what the ramifications of the slave trade uh, were at the beginning. Um, at some point, you know, by 17, 1800, they should have figured out what was going on uh, and why would they continue trading with the Europeans uh, with human bodies thereafter. And uh, the point that he was making is very important, which is that once you have these aliens arise and introduce these, uh, these weapons into this environment, now you're in an arms race with the other empires, with the other kingdoms, with the other tribes. And, and with that, as the Europeans are trading with all of them, you can't fall behind now. You are now addicted to what the Europeans are selling. The same way a junkie is addicted, uh, your group, your village, your tribe is addicted to these weapons, to the uh, trading goods, through the, to the valuables uh, that the Europeans are bringing. So once they got us hooked 
our, got our ancestors hooked on the goods and the weapons that Europeans could provide, uh, literally there was no option to turn back. In the minute that you uh, fall out of the arms race, uh, then you'll be conquered by somebody who will still trade with Europeans. So that's part of the, the part of the contest we have to put their actions into. No, absolutely. And, and I want to add just slightly on the streets. I want to hear your thoughts as well. And just for anybody out there listening, or if it's the first time you're hearing it, or you might still be questioning this information again if it's the first time you've heard it. And I want to add, and I think you already pointed this out, um, Robert, but I just want to make sure it's, it's understood right at this moment. And still keep in mind, again, yes, it went on for a lot of years, and, and I do, and I am one who says, well, eventually they definitely knew what was going on, but now we have the context for one, partly why I continue. And let's still keep in mind, um, for them, the people they were, quote, unquote, selling, because it's, it's, it's put in the wrong context today, were not people that they saw as part of their tribe. They were not their brothers and their sisters, because quite often, again, when this deflection is used, it's as if, quote, unquote, Africans were selling their own because we have this huge, terrible way of uh, clumping all of Africa together as if it's a country versus a continent made up of the 50, you know, of 54 countries now, and even those lines we all know are drawn wrong when you start considering the actual cultures and, you know, different cultures that are actually in Africa. If they do their own lines, it would probably be broke up double that. Again, that's just me throwing it out. Latrice, any quick thoughts before we go to the break? Brother Fiance, we'll get you after the break on the line. Latrice, any quick thoughts? I got about 30 seconds if you give me a quick thought about or maybe 45 seconds before the no, break. You hit, you hit the points that I was going to make about how they viewed the other tribes and that they didn't see themselves as kidnapping or okay. taking hostage other black people. They just saw them as a different tribe that they were at war with. No, sounds good. So we're going to uh, go to just heads up. We are not a politically correct show, so we're going to play a cut uh, for DJ Vlad, for those who follow him, with Lord Jamar. So you're going to hear some foul language over the next few minutes. If you if you digest that, I'll just say come off, come off the air for about three minutes and call back in. I'm going to play this cut, and I want to have my guests, in a sense, respond to what you hear uh, in this cut, all of you, and then we'll get to you, Brother Pianchi, coming out of, uh, out of that. All right, here we go. See, what we have to understand is this whole slave, this whole transatlantic slave shit wasn't some, the forceful white man came into Africa and took the black man. Like, it didn't start like that. If you think about it, now I'm not trying to get on the side of Ben Carson, but if you think about it, man named John Hardy Hawkins came there and he basically spoke in the language of the people. He said, As-salamu alaykum. Made them believe that he was his brother. They, they were like, you know, he was their brother. And he offered them more gold in this country than they, what they were making in that country. Now, these particular people didn't know that all the gold was right there in Africa. So they actually got lured at first. The first ones got lured over there. This one's okay. Now 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 once you halfway over there, you start to hey, wait a minute, but now it's too late. You're on the motherfucking boat. Da 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 da. Once you get over there, boom. 
we throw you in chains and all that type of shit. Now we so, go back. Okay, yeah, listen, so, listen, so you're, you're saying, okay, hold on. So you're saying that the initial Africans that were brought over to America were not in chains. That they were just on a boat thinking, okay, there's a, yes. a great job waiting for me at the end of this. Uh, yes, at exactly. the end of this cruise ship. And then they went back and said, oh, your brothers and they are doing great over there. They're building houses. Come on, you gotta come fuck with them. You know what I mean? So they weakened us. They got our strongest, most courageous ones to go over there first. Then once they over there, now we got you, lock, lock, lock. Now we come back. We've weakened you. We've lured more over there. Now we do this two or three times. Now we can go over there and just start grabbing motherfuckers because we got most of the strong motherfuckers over here already. We tricked them. That's called tricknology. That's how we originally got here. So if you technically, if you think about it, those original Africans came with an immigration mind. <laughs> okay. Ooh, well, I mean, big. under unbelievably false pretense. Right. But, okay. But I, it's not I'd the same heard, immigration, of course. Right. You know forced immigration. Like, forced immigration. Well, I mean, fake, fake immigration. Yeah. Alternative. <laughs> Alternative immigration. <laughs> you know, I'd also heard that Warring tribes would sell off their captors to the yeah to the shit European. like that would happen, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously they they got people they got Africans to to work with them for some sort of payment to sell out you know right. basically to sell out their their brothers and you know I'm saying they're they're welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show and I'm your host Montoya Smith aka Black Sox Cheese co-host. Patrice Ross, special guest, Ronald Patillo. Reparations, what about Africans selling other Africans? We just hear a cut again from DJ Vlad and Lord Jamal. Still have Brother Unk on the line. I wanted to give him one last thought in reference to that cut, and then I'll get to each of my guests and open the phone lines up even more. Brother Unk, we still have you on the line, if you will, King. Any thoughts about what Robert or Patrice had to say or even the cut? I wanted to let you get your three cents on that as well, because, again, you brought a lot of great information to the show this morning. Go ahead, King. Uh, so I, I, I finished off with they didn't understand at first. They had no concept of, of a continent, and they had no idea where they was taking the people. Remember, the Europeans didn't uh, tell the truth. They was basically saying we need workers, uh, you know, to work in different parts. And uh, so you got they lied about that, and uh, they didn't say you was taking this forever, right? So that education just was not there. And so when I said that at first was, yes, later on they figured it out, what was going on. But by then, it was the way they was feeding, you know, their family. So it is what it is. And that's less than less than 99.99% of that happened. So, so, so the majority, 99% of African people did not sell, them, sell themselves. And that there's no concept of uh, uh, I'm selling my people. So they never sold their people at all. No more than you would think that all Europeans are the same. I think you said it best, that that's a misconception. There's many nations and, and, and many tribes and different ideas in Africa, right? And so what the brother was speaking on Vlad TV, right, Lord Jamal, he's always promoting misinformation. And you said don't say it worse, so I'm not going to say it, but he always misrepresents real legitimate information, and I think Vlad understands that. And he kind of plays to that. So, no, I don't agree with nothing he said at no time on the subject. 
So that's all. So let me understand this real quick, brother. Let me understand this because I think you, I, I, didn't, I definitely wasn't necessarily, in a sense, trying to, in a sense, make it a personal attack, but I definitely wanted your opinion of what you heard. So let me ask this just for my understanding, and then I'll get to my guests and get to the other callers. So when you say no information, so are you suggesting that, and I can, I, I'm not saying that I know, I know you studied this, um, I know how much you studied this, so you can clarify this for myself. Um, but in reference mm-hmm. to, in a sense, um, what was said or how the Africans were initially being brought over. So you actually dismissed that information as well as far as, again, I feel like what you're saying and what he's saying are similar. You may have better details, but I feel like it's similar in the approach of how they were initially brought here. So are you disagreeing with everything that he's saying in Uh, reference to how basically they were tricked to be brought here, or you're saying that's not the information they were – that what he's saying is not how they were tricked. I just want to make sure I understand when you say you disagree with it. I want to understand that part, just for clarity purposes. How are you going to woe people with gold when, when, when we had the majority of production of gold? Like, you can't woe them with gold. Like, gold wasn't a... Right, right. Uh, you know yeah, so, what, so you're just saying that information is correct. That's what you're saying. Okay, got you. I just wanted to understand what you felt was correct. Yeah, they didn't have... They, yeah, yeah, they had gold. No, I'm saying they had gold. Okay. No, I'm saying they had gold. Okay, yeah. So you yeah, can't he, come he, in. He made that point as well. I got you. I got you. I just wanted right. to understand what you were saying was wrong about it. But Don, thanks a lot, King. Great comments this morning. I got again some other callers, a lot of callers on the line, so let's get them in as well. All right, appreciate, bro. You, King. appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Nah, absolutely. All right, Robert, we'll start with you again. I guess any quick thoughts on what you've been hearing between the cut, brother, Up, and Latrice as well? Then we're going to just start running the callers off. Go ahead, King. Uh, oh, well, I just think along with the with the clip. So this is part of the reason that we have to get more contact contact with primary sources on history because uh, we have this jumbled notion of uh, the way historical events happen. I think a more clear narrative will make it easier for people to understand their own history. Now, fair enough. Any thoughts, Patrice? And I'm going to go to Brother Piaf. Yeah, you. Um, no, you can go ahead on. All right. Brother Piaf, no, let's get you on, King. No, no, probably good. Hey, brother Priyanka, you had a same news. Sorry to have you waiting so long, King. I know we said a lot, um, but we're going to give you a little time. Again, you are our, our number one caller. So for everybody out there listening, we're going to give brother Priyanka a little time, and then everybody else, we're going to just rattle them off. But brother Priyanka, the floor is yours. Go ahead, King. Thanks for calling. Well, Montoy, here's the thing. You got a question. The question that you got posed really shouldn't have anything to do with this negotiation of reparations in America. But I'm just going to hit on that real quick. You yeah, had no, two aspects. Two. You had two paths here in America for reparations. One was judicially in the courts, which has failed, and now they are doing it from a political standpoint. Okay, and you heard what was going on along those lines in this debate that they had, uh, this, this committee hearing they had uh, last Wednesday. Another point that kind of amused me is that you had a, a, a white lady who was a descendant of the Fox family. <clears throat> but see, you also have to have blacks in her position, too, because blacks in America, especially in the southern states, in the uh, urban areas, and the majority was female, owned slaves, too. In the urban area, it was about 83.1%, according to uh, census and other records, that owned slaves. 
Of course, they was called mulattoes then, but today you call them black. Now, on this thing with on your question, did Africans sell other Africans? Well, yes, they did. When Europeans went into that came down into that part of the world, they were not looking for human beings; they was looking for gold. This practice had always, and I'm gonna say always, but had been going on. And yes, it went on for a lot of reasons. And the ones that people talk about is that there was wars going on between tribal regions. And absolutely, uh, if you was caught like when Ashanti was coming down in Ghana and causing havoc with the A-way, and, you know, a time or two, the A-way won the battle. Well, those captives was required to pay restitution for what they was doing, what they had done. And, of course, if they couldn't, then they were sold off or the money was tried to to be uh, accumulated in one way or the other. You know, some people use the word, and I do too, they was getting rid of their riffraff. And those people ended up here on the shores of the United States, but that debt still followed them because in no society, the sins of the father follow the son. Another point, when a ship <clears throat> hits the shores, you had to pay the par. Anybody coming ashore in any region, I mean, if you take Nigeria, whether it was on the shore of the Ondu state, if you go down into the river states where you have the Calabar, the Calabar River, any time a ship came ashore, you had to pay the paw. And what is paying the paw? You had to pay that king to come ashore. And also, <clears throat> the ships that Europeans sold, sailed on the ocean could not go up river. So you had to have the natives to take you up into the interior markets where they bought, you know, human beings. And we're talking about a human, and I don't want to get too deep into this and using terms that people are not familiar with, but we're talking about human nature. Human beings have done some notorious things to other human beings. And it has went that way That's all true. through history. And it's still yeah, going very real. I mean, let me... Yeah, let me hear what um, Brother Patillo um, has to say. Um, so a lot of, again, great information. Definitely respect uh, your perspective. Anybody out there listening, you welcome. And all you the know, teams. one of the reasons why I come out, I'm so uh, uh, knowledgeable on, on this, because one of the tribes that was being decimated, is my wife belonged to. She's Away from the Volta region. And the Voltas, uh, the Away and the God came together to fight the Ashanti. And, you know, it even goes beyond that. You got the Dahomey. Uh, you know, there was rituals that was going on, traditions, sacrifices, uh, bashing babies up again. Those things happened. They're not stories, but even through journals. And there's some Africans that write books on it. Uh, one is Indigenous Slavery in Ghana, where a sister out of the Kwame Nkrumah University, a professor, she uh, made an accounting of it. And, you know, here's another point, too. 
You let me, are let me, the let me let brother, brother Johnson. Let me let okay. I'll, 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 I'll say you know, I'll get back I'll, in I'll on that. I'll let you get in. But no, no, no. I'm loving, I'm loving what you're yeah, bringing to the table. I'm ahead. very interested. I don't want to put too much out yeah, there. Yeah, hearing what Robert. You know, no, no. I'm, I'm not let you get the point in, but I'm very interested in what Robert might have to say. What you're getting this information that you're bringing to the table. Uh, I say we have the smartest audience in all the radio. You can't tell it. You should know it by now. Go ahead, uh, brother Robert. What you got, King? Well, uh, he's absolutely on point with that. I think it's really important for us to understand that in our uh, in our modern society. That uh, one thing I always find funny is, you know, black folks go through their Afrocentric phase. They just start sticking on anything, you know, that uh, that reminds them of Africa. So they'll have, you know, a Shanti Kente cloth. They'll have a Dahomey necklace, or they'll, uh, you know, they'll have some Adinkra symbols on. And you have to remind them that many of those are the tribes who were going into the central region and trading us away. So we do have to get a better understanding of this is why genealogy is great. This is why being able to learn our family history sounds great. So you can understand how those, those lines and those nations lined up and where you actually fit on that spectrum. Uh, strong thoughts. Latrice, any thoughts from you know, just from what you've been hearing. Again, I'm loving getting this information because I'm learning as I'm doing the show. So go ahead, Queen. So am I. I was actually just reading how um, actually the African nations, you know, the, the descendants of those um, Africans who sold other people into slave, slavery, um, how they have actually begun, begun to hold these discussions now acknowledging their role um, in what became known as the transatlantic slavery and um, having those difficult discussions because there is a lot of, apparently there's a lot of ongoing angst still in the African nations against, you know, because they, the descendants know, well, you know, this family sold my family into slavery. So those stories are wow. still being told. And there's still a lot of, of animosity from the families who, you know, whose ancestors were sold into slavery against those who sold um, their ancestors. So this is just an amazing topic, but I do agree with the caller that this has not absolutely, this should not impact our discussions on reparations for what the people in this country did to our ancestors and the lasting impact of slavery and the way that racism has been sort of woven into the very fabric of this country from the very foundation. Those are completely, two completely different topics. Now, thank you, uh, Brother Funker. We actually up against the break, so you, if you will, come off the one, and you can come back in later. You know how to do it. You do it constantly. So I'm going to go to the break. If you want to come back in later, you know, just come off the one and come back on. Thank you, but thank you, King. Thank you for your information this morning. It was definitely well received. All right, we're up against the break. We'll be right back. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll get to you callers coming out of the break. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. 
what we have experienced as a people. We're calling on the world in terms of justice, in terms of righteousness, reparations, 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 reparations now. Carrying the legacy of Queen Mother Moore, I represent 50 million. Single case that relied upon DNA evidence in the United States. The answer is yes. Every victim group in the world but one has been given its day in court. The Jews got their day in court. Japanese got their day in court. Koreans got their day in court. Everybody got their day in court and everybody got the opportunity to compel the defendants to come forward and account for what they did. The only group that remains is Africans or African-Americans. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Keith Ross, special guest Robert Patillo. Reparations, what about Africans selling other Africans? Want to make sure, again, perfect segue uh, from what you said, Latrice, in reference to um, Brother Bianchi said, hey, there's two different ways to look at this. Uh, what happened, in a sense, with our ancestors should not relate to, in a sense, to what's happening for the new term, ADOS, African descendants of slavery, has kind of come to fruition in reference to um, how might the reparations are ever given, who they might be handed out to, uh, but the idea that um, those two things are not relate, related, I think you are correct in that. And Brother Pianchi mentioned, and this is the country just heard, mentioned the idea of we brought it forward in the courts and that what you cut, you just heard, was um, back in 2002, there was a case put into the federal courts that eventually was rejected, even with the appeals up into the Supreme Court, rejected in 2007. Robert, I know you can correct me if I'm wrong on my information, uh, you know, being that you're an attorney or whatever, but just pointing out what you just heard was, you know, that was where that came from. But one particular thing in that cut, and I would love to hear both of your thoughts on it before we get to the other callers, is this idea that's constantly talk about, talked about how all these other groups have received reparations, as you heard in that cut. But, again, the Supreme Court rejected uh, uh, that actual um, lawsuit, per se, at the time. So, if you will, definitely, you know, give us your three cents on what you heard and, Put that in context with those who, who always are saying that, if, if, you, if you will. Well, what, what people have to understand is the reason that African reparations has been such a controversial issue versus uh, reparations for other groups is just the sheer scale and the numbers that we're talking about. Uh, it's one thing to compensate, compensate the Japanese for a couple of years uh, in internment camps. It's uh, one thing to compensate the Jews for... Uh, uh, for the Holocaust, uh, they got an entire country out of it. So let's keep that in, in context. They, they got from World War II, they got an entire country with a mm-hmm. path of protection from all of the major European and Western nations. Uh, the U.S. sends them about forty billion dollars a year in defense uh, mm-hmm. money and uh, human aid, uh, and they have the entire U.S. nuclear arsenal behind them to protect their property interests and their expansion. So. 
not only did they get reparations, they got their a nation out of it. Um, but when, when it comes to African reparations, let's just take let's just understand for a second the, the kind hold of hold on one second, if you will, Robert. About. Hold on one second. Let me hold on one second, King. Um, Latrice, are you having trouble hearing Robert? I want to know if it's my phone or is it's want to make sure it's good for everybody as well. I'm having a little difficulty. I thought it was my phone. Okay, uh, Robert. Yeah, if you will, I don't know. We might have to. You, I don't know if you can hold the phone possibly different, or we may have to have you call in. But when you went that low, I know people can't hear you if, if we can't hear you. So let me know if you try to hold the another way. Yeah, I think I think I'm with the phone. Sorry, can you hear me better now? Yeah, yeah, yeah you're definitely coming through clear now. I didn't want people to miss what you were saying. So if you can kind of restart where I cut you off, at King. Oh well, well, just the the point that I was making is that. When we the the problem is the sheer size of the problem, the numbers involved in with regards to African slavery versus um, the Holocaust or Jewish reparations or Japanese reparations. Take for a second the forty acres in the mule that were approved as reparations under President Lincoln. Uh, Sherman issued it. The radical Republicans uh, ratified it. Lincoln uh, agreed with it. So for about forty thousand people were distributed 40,000 acres along the doors of Florida and South Carolina Sea Islands. Uh, that was taken away by President Johnson after the assassination of President Lincoln. So let's say that those people have been allowed to keep that property. Today, that property, that 400,000 acres, is worth about $20 billion. So 40,000 people would have had their share of $20 billion. Uh, expand that out to the entire slave population of 1865. You had about uh, 4 million slaves at that time. If each of them had been given their 40 acres of that same value, that same uh, exponential growth from uh, from 1865 till now, that uh, territory, that land, would be worth uh, upwards of $8 trillion. And that's before you get into Jim Crow, that's before you get into segregation, that's before you get into racial bombings, the Ku Klux Klan, uh, pain and suffering and everything else, also economic opportunity as a result of slavery. So when you're talking about baseline, lowest possible number being $8 trillion, then we have an annual federal budget of about $4 billion or $4 trillion. So it will take every penny of the United States budget for two years just to pay off the baseline amount that reparations would be. That's why they fight so hard against it, because the numbers involved will stagger the minds of most individuals. Wow. That makes sense. I mean, when I say it makes sense, doesn't mean I'm saying we shouldn't get them. So don't, anybody else shouldn't hear what I just said is that. Uh, but but there is a lot of context uh, that I think we've all subconsciously have understood the number would be astronomical. But again, when you're putting, like you said, these are just baseline numbers, not even getting, you know what I mean, just a baseline number at a time in which the country simply realized there should be restitution in a sense. You shouldn't just bring them out of enslavement and give them nothing. Uh, the country understood it. Here's another aspect I want to hear your thoughts, go over your thoughts on this, and I'll definitely get to the callers, is even in the hearing, the one thing that was agreed upon, at least with the part I watched, again, the three-hour hearing, I watched a lot of it, not the full three hours, but I think the one thing I kind of heard agreed upon was that back at that point, at the time that, you know, Abraham Lincoln was saying, hey, we're going to do something, that what was agreed upon even between the two parties was that 
hey, something you know should have been done at time done at that time. Now the argument is, you know, well, I don't know how we do that now. And I look at that as saying, well, if we know it, if we can say now, even in today's time, that something should have been done, I don't know how that foregoes, in a, in my personal opinion, how something shouldn't be done now. Uh, and yeah, based on the numbers you just said, Robert, it may not be realistic on getting a fair baseline, but nothing versus something is definitely on the table in my personal opinion. Uh, Latrice, any thoughts on what, you know, can I say what I just said, but I think it was very um, poignant to, for Robert to point out, just given an idea of these numbers and how big they really would be if we wanted to be fair, per se. Right, and, and I and I get that because I'm not um, an illogical person most of the time. Um, but I think when we look at the things that have continued to impact us negatively as a community of people, the unemployment rate, the subpar schools in our neighborhoods, the the housing act that decimated the black family that has contributed to where we are now as a community of people, um, the fact the the, pay, the wage gap, the wealth gap. Um, the fact that black neighbor in black neighborhoods the homes are are that are devalued as opposed to those similar homes in white neighborhoods when we see the systemic practices that continue to impact black people, I have a difficult time you know accepting that something shouldn't be done, something can't be done, something needs to be done because even though slavery is over, as people like to say, why are we still dealing with it? Um, black people, are, the black community is still reeling from the impact of what our ancestors endured because of how racism was embedded in this country. And because of our current um, regime in the White House, um, I think more, we're seeing it become more, that racism become more open and public now than we have in the past few years. But something definitely needs to be done because um, it's not just that black people are lazy or black people don't want to work or black people are all of these negative connotations. There are systemic practices in place that are contributing to what many black people endure. Now, fair thought. Let's get to a caller before we let um, get to the top of the hour. And, brother, probably you can let me know if you're able to stay on with us any longer. But thank you so far for being with us. Let's get to one more caller before we go to the top of the hour break. Area code eight one seven last three five zero three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. We got a couple of minutes. Hopefully, we can get what you need to get in. We may keep keep you up to the break. We have to go ahead. Uh, peace and black power, man. It's South Garvey We calling out of Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, what's going on, King? What you got for us? Man, first of all, great show, uh, great conversation. I'm learning a lot. You know, what I'm saying you think you know something, and then boom get hit with some more information. I just want to add this on, man. The the, the the very fact that we are still here deserves an award, a reward. The fact that we have survived all these atrocities, all these plots and plans and conspiracies and, 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 and institutional racism and genocide, the fact that we are still not only surviving but thriving, we deserve something for that. We ain't even brought up hey, crack. Don't talk, <laughs> we ain't even brought up crack. You know? Slavery, 
Jim Crow, institutional racism in the healthcare system, uh, the every every system, and we still here. They gotta break bread. They gotta break bread, man. They, <laughs> they gotta break they bread, cut the man. Check, right? Cut the check. <laughs> cut the check, man. You know, nah, man, they, you, you. when when you when nah, you get caught you. when you get caught doing something, you can't point out well he did it too. No, you gotta get you gotta right. get brought to justice. That ain't how it works. Hey, I so, love yeah, that last we gotta, thought. We gotta, we gotta, we're at the top of the hour, no. Now we're at the top of the hour. I mm-hmm. love that last thought, and I want to hear uh, Rogers and the truth. The concept, like I said, he did it too. That is so often used when it comes to particularly a lot of things, but particularly this discussion. So great point. Sorry to cut you, kid. We just at the top of the hour. Thank no you problem. for listening. No problem, man. And appreciate Peace of Black appreciate Power, man. Hey, hit me up. Hit me up, brother. Black Power. I got you, Ken. You know I'm coming at you. All right, we're at the top of the hour, uh, Brother Robert. How, you want to do another segment, or we need to let you go? I know you got a busy schedule, King. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a head on now, brother. Thank you for inviting me on a different bit of an enlightening conversation. No, absolutely. Thank you, King. I appreciate you for your amazing three cents. We definitely needed the information to definitely help. I hope most people that are listening learn something and put this in context. So we definitely absolutely. appreciate you. Robert, if you will, um, before you go, let people know how they can tune into you because I definitely got a lot, of, a lot of listeners here in Atlanta, so make sure they're catching you on 1380 as well as any other platforms that you want to be reached on. Please let people know that before you go. Uh, yeah, 1380 WAOK, Sundays 1 to 4. We're going to actually have an uh, a similar conversation I just had on African history tomorrow uh, with uh, Jabari Walker from the From Us YouTube ch- or, uh, from Nothing YouTube channel. Also, you can follow me online on uh, Twitter at Robert Patillo. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, King. Appreciate you for, well, again, an amazing first hour. Take care. Have a good day. All right. You too. Thanks. All right. We'll be, yeah, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why... Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, reparations. What about Africans selling Africans? Just had an amazing first hour with special guest Robert Patillo. So now we're just you and me, Queen, riding along the way. We've got a lot of callers. We're going to get them in. Um, I love what the caller had to say uh, right before the top of the hour, the idea of uh, you can't say, hey, he did it too. Uh, I just wanted to kind of hear uh, your thoughts. I thought that was a great point. I, you know, that didn't obviously wouldn't give him a lot of time at the top of the hour, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts and how often that is played out 
when it comes to this discussion. Real quick before you go, anybody out there listening, again, we welcome all opinions. So if you feel like uh, in reference to this morning's discussion, in a sense, reparations or not do, we want to hear those thoughts as well. And we're going to also put the show back in context of African selling Africans. I actually have another cut I wanted to play. I just couldn't get it on the board. So uh, when you respond, I'm going to play that cut, and then we'll get the callers. But any thoughts about, again, okay. that excellent point from my last caller about, hey, you did it. Oh, you know, they did it too. And that's kind of how this what about African selling Africans gets used, in my personal opinion. Go ahead, Queen. It's faulty logic, and I don't think we should be distracted by that because what what the real the real fact is is that Africans were brought to this country and they were enslaved, and the slavery that ensued in this country was the most inhumane that society had ever seen. Um, there were um, remnants of slaves found in New York several years ago, and when they studied their bones, their ligaments, their muscles had detached from their bones due to overwork. Can you imagine how painful mm-hmm. that must have been? So just because the African, they enticed the Africans to, to sell and they created this war with weapons that, you know, the Africans had to continue to feed in order to not be defeated, but then when they got the slaves here, how they used them in such an inhumane way and how what they did those hundreds of years ago, the impact of that is still embedded in our society today. And African-Americans are still being impacted by that today. Yeah, uh, amazing information. I've researched that same information. I just want to give a little added context to you even bringing that to the table. Again, just really, I like what people, when I first learned that very fact that you just pointed out, Patrice, that one hit me in my soul. And this is this definitely mm-hmm. happened specifically in in the U.S. of you know of America. Again, keep in mind most enslaved Africans were taken to um, South America region per se, southern mm-hmm. of the United States. But particularly, like you said, I definitely remember researching and finding that same information. They were working literally, basically. Soon as they woke up until they could go to sleep 18 hour days, they literally worked them to death. And it actually took a number of years because the idea was, hey, we can bring more Africans over here. And it took a number of years before the, the, the U.S. colonies realized, hey, we could actually save money by breeding. So up until that mm-hmm. time, they literally worked our initial ancestors, literally, literally worked them to death. And then they saw it was more mm-hmm. advantageous to breed, and you saw breeding take place more up here. The, just to give, a, again, added context, the sugar plantations, for example, in the Caribbean, um, basically it was such hard work. The, 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 life ex, the life expectancy was so short that they never got into that. That's partly why so many um, of our enslaved ancestors were taken down there because of the sugar plantations were even harder work than what you had mm-hmm. with the cotton and the tobacco being the major crops here. Again, just giving people more information, and that's why, again, in the idea, hey, we can breed here and actually save money of, of actually having to actually get and go get more, in, you know, enslaved Africans uh, from Africa, per se, just, again, giving more context. Right. I want to play this cut real quick and um, kind of get some thoughts on it again. It's just for any stretch for anybody that's just tuning in. You missed a wonderful hour with Brother Patillo. And so we're going to repeat some of that information just in short, concise um, cuts. 
just to give context for people that are tuning in now, we're going to literally go heavy, heavy callers for this last hour. I know I've been saying it all show. I promise you we're going to start opening these phone lines up crazy. But I don't want to play this cut, get a thought from you, Latrice, and then we're going to go callers um, through, okay. through this next segment. Historically, slavery is something that people inflict on others. Right? You don't, generally speaking, enslave people like yourself. Now, how those borders are drawn may, be, may change. You know, so if you go back to ancient Athens, for example, it would have been rare for an Athenian to enslave another Athenian, but he would have had no qualms about enslaving a Spartan or a Corinthian or whatever. There's a kind of notion that you'll hear a lot of people say that you know, Africans enslaved their own people. And in fact, they didn't. In our imagination today, this is one place inhabited by one race of people. But that wouldn't have made much sense to people at the time. You know, that Africa was and is a dizzyingly diverse continent with literally thousands of distinct ethnic and linguistic groups. And so there's conflict and, you know, and contestation between those groups. And uh, that grows dramatically, that conflict grows dramatically in the course of the centuries of the slave trade. And again... Just wanted to play that cut for anybody tuning in late. We've discussed that relatively in detail um, prior to that cut. But, again, just want to put it in context for somebody who heard this question or don't understand that what about Africans selling Africans is actually a deflection, especially in reference to the reparations um, discussion. And I think we've already relatively concluded um, how they, in a sense, don't go hand in hand. But, I, again, we chose to put it in this question format just to, in a sense, provide people with information. How do you uh, even deal with this? Again, you don't have to agree, but again, from my perspective, and I think, and again, I didn't know if we would all be in agreement this morning or whatever, but I think yourself and Robert all agree that it is a distraction. But again, perspective, if you're just now tuning in, understand um, that, in a sense, each group looked at themselves as the cut just said, uh, Brother Piyaki said, hey, the Africans did sell other Africans. So in a sense of the con- continent, he's correct. Um, but, it, again, even he broke down that those inner inner conflicts within tribes, as you said, beautifully pointed out in the piece, you know, there's still this context being dealt with on the continent itself in reference to this time period. So it's definitely mm-hmm. um, beautiful, in my opinion, to put, this type of context so that we understand how to at least speak to it correctly in today's time. Let's go to another call. Okay. Area code 678-3490. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Peace and blessings, everyone. Um, my name is uh, Bilal King, Dr. Bilal King. I teach at Morehouse College in the sociology department. Oh, King, Dr. Uh, King, so glad to have you all, King. Let, let's, yeah, let's do this. What you got for us? I've been waiting for a while, so you probably got a lot. I'm going to let you get it all off your chest, King. I didn't, I, didn't, you know, I didn't know it was you that was waiting that long. Go ahead, King. What's going on, man? No, it's easy. Um, a lot of people have said most of what I would have said if I were talking at the beginning of the show. So the only thing I would want to add um, is that we we also need to think in terms of so reparations, whether we're talking about court system or whether we're talking about um, Congress or that kind of thing, uh, a political process that's happening, you know, not through the courts, that there still has to be this way of identifying um, 
not just who took what they took, but who has now what was taken, right? So we have a lot of struggles with this, even just talking about it when we're talking about on the Atlantic, I mean, the United States side of the Atlantic Ocean, because, right, there are all these arguments that the people who enslaved are dead. But we can be real clear in the United States about inheritance, about trade that facilitated the growth of an economy and sustained a nation that is today, you know, arguably the single most powerful country on the planet. When you're talking about any of these different African polities or um, ethnic groups, there's there's such a disruption, um, and there's so much ongoing exploitation of those polities and those ethnic groups and families, even not just ethnic groups but families, that is for the most part, right, in the general swipe of it all, the money ain't in Africa no more. I mean, there's still wealth that's coming out of Africa, but it's not easy to say it's the money that came from selling um, our ancestors. There are a few cases, you know, I was watching uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s, uh, I can't remember if it's the one he did around the turn of uh, 2000 or 1998, somewhere around there, or if it was the one he just redid, but there, he did two sort of documentary series on African history. And in one of them, in both of them, he wanted to go talk to people um, alive today who knew that their ancestors had sold slaves to Europeans, enslaved uh, people to mm-hmm. Europeans, right? And in one case, he went to Dalmay. In another case, he went to the Swahili coast. And in particular, he found, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Dalmay is Benin today. But even within that, he had to find people who were associated with the ruling class, right? Because if you're talking about mm-hmm. the, the, the Dalmay empire, everybody in Dalmay didn't benefit. And everybody who benefited mm-hmm. is not continuously benefiting from then until today, right? Um, right. In East Africa, he went specifically to Tipu Sultan's descendants. Tipu Sultan was one of the biggest uh, organizers and beneficiaries of the enslavement and sale of Africans um, into okay. the, trans- you know, the, the world system because the, we always say transatlantic, but we forget that people were sold off the east coast of Africa who ended up in the Americas as well, right? So it's not just the mm-hmm. transatlantic, but that's the big part of it. So my point being, you know, in the cases where you can find the descendants of Tipu Sultan, okay. But beyond that, you are in some seriously murky waters trying to get a uh, group of people on the continent to even, not just get them, to, to find a group of people that still have money that's driven by them having sold people into slavery during the time of slave trade, right? They subsequently were, as was discussed earlier, involved in uh, intense arms race situation where if you didn't sell enslaved people to get guns, then people who did sell enslaved people to get guns were likely to enslave people from your family, your polity, your ethnic group. But then after that has you know really wreaked havoc across the continent, then they're colonized, right? Everybody on the continent has their political sovereignty taken from them, except Ethiopia. right. Everybody on the continent has the economic system that they've been operating on under their feet for centuries, even as it has changed over centuries. They have it changed by people who are going to benefit from that economic change during colonialism. So whatever wealth most folks may have generated from selling enslaved people in Africa, that wealth is sucked out during the period of colonialism. 
it's sucked out and either sent to Europe or it's sucked from one group of people in that society and moved either to another group of people in that society, whoever's willing to be complicit with imperialism, or is moved to a group that's brought from an entirely different part of the continent. Nigerians were brought to Ghana. You know, we're using today's um, political boundaries to talk about. People were brought from what's now Nigeria to what's now Ghana to serve as police for British imperial administration, right? So there's so many moving pieces to this thing. There's so much that happens that the discussion may have some value for somebody psychologically. It may help them, you know, emotionally deal with something. But when you start talking about actually asking people, and I, and I, this is the other difference, in the United States, we're talking about people who live under the same government that we live under, so there may actually be a political, judicial, some type of process to bring it about. Outside the United States, what is your authority that you're planning to appeal to that's going to force anybody outside the United States to give you anything based on what they did? And I don't say this as I'm a descendant of enslaved Africans too, right? It would be lovely, right? Mm -hmm. But the discussion has to take place on an entirely different set of terms when you start talking about the continent. The terms when you're talking about the continent have to be in terms of reestablishing connections, um, mutually beneficial economic empowerment and political. You know, it has to be in those terms. It's not going to, you're not getting anywhere trying to tell somebody you have, you owe us and you have to pay us. Hey, strong. And, and then you I actually mean, have to I identify think, who the I, you I think, is. That's it. Right, that makes sense. And I will, now I will say, for the context of the of of, of U.S. us in the U.S., uh, I think you just laid out. Uh, not only have we've already said this, you know, what the Africans did in reference to reparations for us in the U.S. Now at this point uh, is a deflection. We've kind of said that it's a distraction. Um, but as you just said, if you want to even get into it, it becomes incredibly murky, and it's not even. Uh, basically one that you could actually kind of pro probably wrap your hands around based on everything that you pointed out. Um, but I'm going to, in my conscious mind, as we will, Dr. King, is just going to say, well, as we've already said, that, that part is not related. So to a certain extent, when it comes to our request here in the space, I ain't even going to worry about all that. But I love the fact that you gave us that perspective in reference to this morning discussion question. I'm actually up against the break. If you want, I can keep you on after the break. It's up to you, King. I know you got a busy family over there, but I thank you for your insight this morning because it was beautiful. All right, hold on. I just got a text message. Let me see if that's my wife asking me to do something. Hold on. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let me go to break, and I'll, I'll just check on you after the break real quick. All right, King? Okay. Nah, it looks like I'm free. I'll just check on you after the break. Okay, you good? All okay, right. Okay, cool. I got some other callers, too, but I'll keep you Give us some insight with the college of their own as well, but I'll keep you on. We'll be right back. You're listening to right. the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you please. Square Business Entertainment brings you their latest hit, I Really Want You, by Taylor Pace. Take a listen. Entertainment. They are also rewarding their fans with a new release every 30 days. Here's another one by Taylor Pace. Love can't define this. Love can define it. Can capture all your sweetness and your kindness. Love can define it. We're crippled and love would only blind us. Well, love can define it. 
Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross. I'm also keeping Dr. King on the air. We're going to get to another caller because we've got a bunch of them out there. If you're on the phone line and want to get in, you have to press 1. So if you, if you called in and said, hey, when are you getting to me? If you haven't pressed 1, you're not in the queue. So I'm going to go ahead and go to another caller, and uh, we'll get Patrice and Dr. King's thoughts on what the caller has to say. Area code four zero four last three eight zero eight. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Last three eight zero eight. Yeah, it's it's real hard to hear you. Hello, can you hear me? No. No, we can't really hear you. I'm gonna have to have you call back in because you're definitely too low. So just please just call right back in, and we'll try to get you back on. I'm gonna go to another caller while we get you back. Can you hear me now? Hello. Yeah. Okay, we just got him live. Let me go ahead and get him back. I was about to cut you off. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay, hello. My name is L, and I'm calling from Atlanta. If possible, I would like to just... Okay, absolutely. If possible, I would like to just address the topic and then just make a comment um, based on one of your uh, guests. One of those. So, first of all, with regards to should should Africa nations be liable for any reparations payment. Um, I would pose the question, how did African nations benefit from slavery? Um, I will answer that they did not really, because they did not have a slave economy like the United States, Britain, France, Brazil, and others. So if anything, I believe that African nations should receive reparations, not pay them. Um, I'm sorry, that's my child in the background. And we'll okay. family show. It's so, all good, um, King. We want the babies to learn too. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead, King. I'm okay. Sorry. Absolutely. So, but maybe maybe that's beyond the scale of this show. Maybe that's beyond the scale of this show. Maybe an international body will have to, or international commission will have to deal with that. Now, with regards to a comment made from Robert Patillo, um, he was mentioning how uh, there's a lot of reluctance for, uh, let's say. Um, politicians or other groups here in America with regards to paying out reparations due to the sheer scale of the payments. And I will say that, um, personally, I don't think that's something that African Americans should even be concerned about with regards to the sheer scale of the payment. And I do not think that the reluctance is truly about the staggering financial amounts involved. Um, I believe that, um, because I believe that reparations or the redress does not have to be solely financial. There could be other ways that this commission that recently brought it up could discover, right? So it doesn't solely have to be financial. And also, I would try not to echo the opposition, opposition's narrative with regards to the sheer size, because that's just something that I feel is being used to scapegoat the actual payment or uh, redress that is due to African Americans. Because if it was any other race, any other group of people, like the Koreans, Japanese, Jewish, or even Native Americans, who received some form of reparation, whether it was financial, opportunities, or even countries, in the case of white Jews, the United States will find a way. So I would, I would hope that we do not just get caught up on the sheer scale of what it would take to redress African slavery here in the United States. Now, good point. Let me say this Thank real you. quick, and obviously Robert had to go. I'm gonna give a, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you what, what I 
I just want to give you a perspective of, I think, how he was mentioning it. Obviously, he's not here to kind of, you know, give his own response, but I just want to kind of share um, how I heard that comment. And, and, and what you said is a beautiful point. I, I, actually, I can say I personally agree with what you're saying, but, again, I just want to tell you how, how I heard the context of what Robert was saying. I think he was just okay. mentioning that it is, it is a, a mental factor in those who are reluctant to even have the discussion. I don't think he was offering it as a the only thing. I don't think he was offering it as the main thing, um, but he was just pointing out, the, the you know, there's a complete reluctance to even talk about it. I mean, if you think about the hearing just – two weeks ago, the hearing is, should we even have a committee? Like, we literally have a bill for should we have a committee to even explore it. So that's not even the discussion of whether there will be or will not be. It's just, will we have a committee who's going to come up with the redress, as you said? Does it, and I don't, so I don't even think he was mentioning that it, would, it should be all financial. He just pointed out, scaling it from his own research. There's a lot of background noise. Somebody in the back, if you can mute yourself, please. I've been trying to talk over, so hopefully everybody heard me. But I don't think I just want to say I think he was just kind of giving through his own research, giving a context of what the redress would look like in, in terms of how how much is owed. And he was just saying he thinks that is a factor for why this country doesn't even want to look at it. I don't think he was saying it was valid. He was just saying that's why they won't they won't even won't, don't even want to look at it. Again, there's a lot of background noise. If you're in the back, please. If you're moving something in the back, please mute yourself. All right, so just kind of wanted to give you know that context of that's how I received what he was saying, but you made a, a lot of good good points. I'm gonna let Latrice jump in as well to what um, um, you had to say. Thanks for the call, though, King. Any thoughts to what you heard from the caller, Latrice? Um, I, I agree with um, what he said, and I and I do particularly because my whole perspective about reparations is not necessarily cutting a check. It's about addressing the systemic and institutionalized issues that we that impact us daily. Um, put, put, put measures in place to address the wealth, the racial wealth gap. Put issues in place to address the substandard education, housing issues, employment issues, the fact that we get substandard care when we go into the hospitals. To me, I think these are things that will last from our generation down through generations to come that will positively impact um, our community. So I'm not looking at reparations from just a form of someone cutting a check. But I'm looking at it additionally in the form of addressing these systems that continue to negatively impact um, African Americans today. Now, fair enough, Dr. King. I think the brother made an amazing point when he said, "Hey, when we get into the context of this morning's discussion, um, he, you know, he said the biggest discussion is where the redress for the continent itself, um, in a sense, to the rest of the world that." in a sense, like you said, colonized and took from the continent. So in reference to what, you know, in a sense, what's the the role of Africans in selling other Africans, he's saying a bigger point should be who's going to really address the fact that so much was taken from the continent itself. I think that was a strong point. Again, not the context of this show, as he said, but I definitely wanted to hear your thoughts on that, that brother bringing an excellent point to the table. Any thoughts on that, King? Dr. King? No, I do think, I think that that, that perspective, um, is based in kind of some of what I was saying in terms of mm-hmm. when we are talking to folks who are born and raised on the continent of ancestry on the continent, the discussion, if we want to be talking about something like this at all, has much more to do with us kind of being on the same side, much more so than adversarial. Cause when you say, you know, you owe me, 
that's an adversarial standpoint. What he's talking about is much more of a, you know, we were victims of the same process ultimately, even if there are different dimensions to that process. And so Mm -hmm. what we need to be doing is working out the relationship between us so that we can then be working out what folks need to do to redress the wrongs they've done to both of our parties or our single party. Yeah, beautiful. Talk about us as a single party. Absolutely. And yeah, agree. a great point by the caller because, I mean, yeah, like you said, you were kind of going in that direction anyway. Um, but I think, exactly. I think I actually think it's a beautiful point to add to this morning's discussion as well as we've been kind of you know, breaking down a lot of information and putting things in context historically and, you know, in a sense, bringing it up to current times and giving people a better understanding. Um, I, I love that idea that ultimately, yeah, like you said, being adversarial to our bro- our brothers in the motherland, say, hey, you owe us and again, not why we did the show, but the question was, you know, in a sense, context this way in order to get people to talk about it from all these aspects. So beautiful point uh, by Brother L for bringing that to the table because it has to be a part of it. And I want to highlight this because we have you, Dr. King. In that moment, it reminded me of the first time I ever had you on the show when we did the show on what these Africans think of African-Americans. And we talked so beautifully throughout that show. We we addressed you know, in a sense, the real issues that there are, some of it are, some of it is relevant, but the, con- the conclusion was we have to bridge that gap, and, and, I, and it definitely would help us to get a better perspective and not be so adversarial, not in the context of this reparation discussion, but just in general, we would improve literally our walk in this world, on this global scale, if we realize the idea that we need to be bridging that gap and shouldn't be even entertaining questions of, you know what I mean, like you said, who did what within this process when that ultimately this happened to, quote, unquote, all of us. So beautiful point. Um, love it. I'm actually up against a, a break. I got Brother Pianchi wanting to get back in, so I'm going to go to this next break and come up, come back with Brother Pianchi out of the break. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. If you're a long-time listener, we have amazing sponsors, Square Business Entertainment. So we always share a cut from that record label, bringing back real R&B. So enjoy the music, and we'll be right back with this morning's discussion. Reparations, what about Africans selling other Africans? Special guest co-host, Latrice Ross. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, as you hear a cut from Taylor Pace. Well runs dry. Love these cuts coming again from Square Business Entertainment, one of our amazing sponsors. This morning's discussion question, reparations. What about Africans selling other Africans? With special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Still have Dr. Live King on the line with us as well. I got Brother Pierre trying to get back in. If you're on the phone line and want to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. And press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Let's go see what Brother Pierre has for us. Brother Pierre, we got you back on live on the air. You, got you know, I heard, heard a couple of things. And you know, one another thing is that there's so much that people don't know. It's really amazing, and I'm not saying that from a derogatory point of view. I'm just telling you because it's fact. Now, your brother asked about the compensation of the restitution. You got African tribes that have done things, made concessions in the Volta region, where my wife comes from. That tribe made available 32,000 acres of land for those considered black Americans and also Africans in the diaspora. You can come back and have free land. You had that same offer in Kenya, land. Mugabe made the same offer to black farmers. You can come have as much farm land as you want. In Liberia, you had a, a tribe there that made available access to 750 square miles. You know what 750 square miles look like? That's like coming from New I Orleans. No going idea. Up to Chicago. I'm, one of those, I'm one of those ignorant people you're talking about right now, King. That's like going from New Orleans. That's like going from New Orleans to Chicago and, and making a right going that far again, making another right going that far again, and making another right coming back to New Orleans. Then, wow. believe it or not, Richard Nixon, under the auspices uh, of Harvey Gantt and Floyd McKissick, Richard Nixon made available at least three towns that had full infrastructure. One is in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, called Soul City. It's in Warren County, Warren County in North Carolina. Not Winston-Salem, Warren County in North Carolina. It's called Soul City. You got another one in South Carolina called Freedom Town. Then you have another town, which I know about personally, is Brooklyn, Illinois, right across the river from St. Louis, right outside of East St. Louis, Illinois. So those things do exist. Uh, I mean, my toy that people just don't know about. And you know, I'm going to tell you something else. Blacks could get reparation, but you can't be in a position. You have to be in a position of where I got what you need and you got what I want. Right. Yeah, basically, I come understanding that last part that you're saying, Brother Piaki, is in, in order to even, in a sense, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the word game just for the sake of figuring, you know, for, for this discussion. But in order to play this game, you're basically pointing out there's a way we would have to position ourselves in, in order to ensure 
the reparations that are due uh, would be received. And I think also understanding that if we don't position ourselves mm-hmm. in that way, it'll be right. it'll just kind of circle itself, and you'll never see it. And I think that's how and I'm what, understanding that last comment. Go ahead. And Go what ahead, the lady made mention, and what the lady made mention of, the many things she made mention of already exists. And another point, if you were the black business. You have trade agreements that's already in place where you can avoid paying duties and tariffs for goods that you manufacture on the African continent and bring back into this country. So a lot of those things already exist. People, I think, just looking for that big check. I believe they exist, but there, there definitely needs to be some tweaking to those um, processes and programs to make them more effective. I know that there are programs that exist, but they are not as effective as they need to be. Well, what about this, Latrice? Let me tell you this real quick, because I, I, I would lean towards the unawareness is the initial issue, too. And then, like I said, once you get into them, I wouldn't disagree. Maybe sometimes, you know, they may be, sometimes you find once you get into some of these things, they're not quite cut out to be as you said, but I will say from Doctor from Brother Bianchi's standpoint, having used a lot of those trade things, because he does a lot of has done a lot of business with Western Africa. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that existed until I started the show four years ago, and Brother Bianchi was keep telling me these quick these examples that existed. That uh, I think uh, Tamika, people who went on the show before, she's taking advantage of some of it because I know a lot of the stuff she's doing with creating that apparel manufacturer. She's she's made those relationships within Western Africa. Uh, as, as she's you know as she's set to become the first black-owned apparel manufacturer right. in the country since 1904, I love highlighting her. But I know uh, mm-hmm. she's been in contact with Brother Pianchi as well. So I know he's, you know again I'm not disagreeing with you as much as I know he's taking advantage of some of these very things that he's saying we don't know about. I'm definitely interested oh, in hearing what Dr. King has to say. Yeah, 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 and again, I'm not saying it in disagreement. I'm just kind of you know just putting a little context on everything. Um, I'm definitely Absolutely. interested in hearing what Dr. King has to say. Um, well, just for the information that Brother Pianchi just brought to the table. Go ahead, King. Dr. King. Uh, all I have to say is I actually did not know about that. Um, I do have to say that I'm about to put you all on hold because I have to do some driving. If I put you on my um, speaker system in my car, it's going to cause no feedback ringing. So um, I'll just leave it at thank you for sharing that information. Bro. <laughs> um, uh, and then I'll Absolutely. try to see if I can come back in in a couple, about 15 minutes. Okay, what you do, do for me, come off the one, and then that way when you're ready, hit the one again. That way I know when you're ready. So that way I don't have okay, to guess cool. if that makes sense. So just, Excellent. so when you, Excellent. yeah, when you get, when I let you go, come off, hit the one, and then when you're ready, come back in and hit the one again. All right, I'll do that. All right, thank you, Dr. King. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Um, yes. Now, Brother Pierre, uh, amazing points. Again, thank you for bringing that context. You always bring a full three cents anytime we have you on the show. For the other listeners that are on the line right now, if you want to get in like Brother Pierre, please press one to let us know. The number to get in for anybody online is 646-787-1691. I have to say, Latrice, I'm actually blown away by this show myself. Again, I love doing it every Saturday morning, I've always said the callers make our show because like Brother Pianchi, like Brother L, like mm-hmm. Brother Unc, all those that have brought, they've all brought something to the table that that totally. I didn't even know would be a part of this discussion. And as, as I said in the beginning of the show, my goal was to partly equip people with more information for how to, quote, unquote, handle this question for those who don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think anybody's there mentioning that 
Africans, quote-unquote, should be responsible on any level in reference to this, quote-unquote, reparations discussion that we're having here in uh, America. Uh, I hope I can get Dr. King on. I would, I would love to hear his thoughts, but I'll ask you. Uh, the, the idea, again, that we're talking about reparations, I think it's only fair that we at least start begin the discussion of this term that has come to the table here recently uh, by Sister Yvette Connell and Brother um, Antonio Moore of, of Tone Talks. They are, in a sense, um, put out that term, ADOS, African Descendants of Slaves. That term has caused a lot of contention uh, here of recent uh, I would say partly because people have failed to understand exactly what they've been, even though they've made it out clearly. Typically won't go back and research the origins uh, of of the term, but uh, before I even give that context of what I, at least of how I understand it, I'll kind of throw it in your, your, you know, in your court to ask, uh, have you heard that term? How do you understand it? And again, I think we have to at least bring it up on a, on a discussion that that we call reparations. I think we have to discuss it, uh, you know, at least somewhere on the show. Go ahead, please. Um, I, I don't see an issue with it. I hadn't heard it before, but um, I'm I'm also an ACOA, an adult child of an alcoholic. So there are terms that and acronyms that um, categorize us all around and. I was actually just reading something before I my, my laptop powered off it, that there are a couple of professors at Emory University have actually identified 50, 50 ethnic groups of the African ethnic groups that were brought here as, you know, their, their ancestors were brought here as slaves. So that even goes to the question, how do we know who should get reparations? There's actually a database at Emory University that has this information or has started to compile this information. It actually has millions um, of 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 names in there. So wow. as we continue, as technology continues to grow and 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 advance, we're actually able to identify who those ADOS are um, as we continue. So I don't see a problem with it. I didn't. I, I'd like to hear more about the controversy around it. Yeah, I'll share, you know, a little bit of what some of what I understand, and I've definitely looked deep into it. You know, um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I don't want to go into a full context, and I know you're not asking that, but yeah. I'm just kind of sharing it with anybody. Right. Listening. I'm not going to go into a full context. I'm, I, to be honest with you, my goal is to do a show specifically on the controversy behind it, but to just to give you a quick context of what that is. So again, Yvette Cornell and Antonio Boer are pretty much credited with coining, in a sense, that. That, that that acronym, or they, you know, again, it just turned into a, you know, ADOS, but they were basically saying African descendants of slaves. And so the controversy has been, and definitely for people who have not listened to the origins, the controversy has been has been this idea that it's just another division within the African American community to try to distinguish, in a sense, Black Americans who are actually descendants from those who may have come here as immigrants or even other Africans on the diaspora outside of the States. Um, some, when, when the term came to, to the, in a sense, came into existence and became known, there were plenty of, plenty of saying, hey, all of us have been harmed, similar to what we were talking about with Dr. King, all of us have been harmed in some way. And so if there's going to be a fight for reparations, we should band together. We should not be finding distinctions more distinctions, more divisions within ourselves 
to, mm-hmm. in a sense, make a case for reparations, specifically even, you know, here in the States, um, as if it, all of us have not been harmed, you know, whether it be in, in the Caribbean or wherever, um, in a sense, the enslavement took place. We're all in it together, so we don't need this distinction. That's where the pushback came when it came mm-hmm. into in existence. But what I, what I will say and why I agree with the term myself, and again, I just, you know, I already kind of followed them, so I, I kind of saw when it was kind of coming into existence and kind of how they pushed it forward. What I'll say, and this is, again, this is what I agree with. If somebody's listening and disagrees, please call in and give us your three cents. But what I'll say is they were saying, hey, we have to distinguish it to, quote, unquote, black Americans who are actually descendants of those who were enslaved here in order to make a political and legal argument that has a chance to win. This is how I've understood uh, why they look for the specific designation. Uh, they are for all Africans on the African diaspora of receiving reparations. They have said they all need to receive it. What they're hoping by making it particular and specific as we are going, in a sense, to ask the United States government for these reparations as, as the plan is to go forward, right? So since that's their plan, what they are saying is by making that designation to actually ask for reparations from the actual government that harmed you, if we are able to successfully do that, for example, here in the United States, then we will now have set the blueprint for someone in the Caribbean who can now distinguish to that, in a sense, distinguish to, you know, maybe the French government or, who, you know, the British government, whoever, you know, wherever that particular country was colonized by, they can now set their, they can use the blueprint if we are successful here in the United States and have it distinguished because what is the one thing, what is another, you know, talking about the scale and for, in reference to financially, or what's the other thing that gets thrown out when, when people are, um, rejecting the concept of reparations. One thing you always hear, you know, they don't necessarily know what they're talking about, but you always hear this idea of, well, who would you give it to? You know, who would you give it to? You know, are we just supposed to give it to everybody? Like, you know, in a sense, is the United States responsible to give it to everybody simply because they are of African descent and they're here or whatever? And so that's what they are trying to avoid, uh, the idea of it not getting explored because when they go forward to you know, whether it's a political to the Congress or to the Supreme Court, as we've already said, has been rejected in the Supreme Court. But in going forth to the government to request this, they're almost saying, hey, we have our dotted our I's and crossed our T's, and we're just looking for reparations to be specific to those that you have harmed U.S. government. So, again, I said a lot to try to say here's my understanding of it, but I'll kind of throw it over mm-hmm. to you, Latrice, to say, hey, do you understand that? Uh, or or someone's not do you understand me, but those are the two distinctions. There are people who are not willing to separate us in this push, if that makes sense. And they're saying, hey, this is the only way to legally make this argument. At least that's how I understand them. Any, you know, give me, let me, you know, let me see if I explained it correctly and hear what you think of what I just said. No, I mean, that, that makes sense because some of the questions, when I made post about it, some of the questions were, how do you know who would get reparations? You know, so that, that definitely does come up. So I think, in a sense, to get past some of the roadblocks, that distinction may be necessary. Um, so I'm not, from what I understand, based on your explanation to me, and, of course, you know, I'm going to dig a little deeper when we get done, um, 
I think it's a great idea, particularly since they're not trying to be divisive, but they're trying to overcome a roadblock that's perhaps hindering us achieving a successful attempt at reparations. I'd also like to share, I just, you know, I'm researching while you were, while you you were on commercial break, and and I found that there is actually a movement now amongst um, descendants of slave owners. They have organized and they are apparently growing where they are trying to figure out how they can atone for their ancestors' sins, wow. if you will. And that there is um, a, a, a um, Eastern Mennonite University called, there's an organization called Coming to the Table that brings together the descendants of slave owners and descendants of enslaved people to have those conversations. So, um, and this has all begun since. Um, 2016, since the current regime took office. Yeah, I pointed out just a, you know, a couple of weeks ago when the hearing was happening, I just put it on, on the Middle Dollar IG page, the Facebook page, and simply said, fascinating that a conversation about reparations is taking place under, you know, President Trump. And I'm not fighting one way or the other. I still find it super, super fascinating considering the, the, the optics of, of what you know of what's happening, uh, but the reality is the conversation started, and you know we've 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 seen some policies that we right or wrong we can't disagree with if if we want you know again mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get into the politics, but I just found it absolutely fascinating that it happened happened under this president considering the options that are out there. And again, I'm not saying which way I feel about it. I, I think it's because of the options. I think it's because okay, of the options enough, because enough. we see. Yeah, because we see such an increase in racial, religious, there's such a, we're in attack mode in this country um, against all the isms, it seems. And so um, I think it's because of the the culture that's been cultivated, this this culture of, anta- okay. you know, antagonism for race and, okay. and all of these other things that, that we're having these discussions more openly. Okay, makes sense. So, yeah, for you, feel like it's, Maybe it's an idea of kicking it, kicking the bucket down the road, possibly, but it's coming up at this time for a reason. Fair enough. Again, I hadn't thought about it to that degree. I just thought it was fascinating. Uh, I got to do one more break. I got a couple of callers that want to get in, so we're gonna definitely get to them. Let me do this last break, and we'll get to the uh, to the callers. Also, I, w- I wanted to highlight. I thought it was unique that you told me that 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 that, um, that other movement is coming to um, to fruition, and I like, and I personally think we should for those that are caught up in the ADOS controversy. I think that should be credit. I got a friend, a father chief X, who's pointing out, you know, even this discussion or even groups like that saying we need to try to atone. I think a lot of that's being driven by the new fervor that um, Yvette Cornell and Brother Tone has put on it. Again, people have been fighting this much longer um, than they have. Again, I just think that, mm-hmm. that this, new, this new fervor is coming from just their perspective being added to the long fight, not to take a credit, you know, from the groups that have been do, discussing it much longer. Uh, but, again, I just wanted to highlight that, you know, just to point that out, you know, to have it, in, you know, just in the universe in context of this controversy because it shouldn't be a controversy. We've got to come together on this, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. 
They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They see us always be. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or a service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call again at numbers 404-604-9477. Reach me directly or inbox me on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page or the IG page, which is mental underscore dialogue. Inbox me. We have great rates. And, we, again, we reach the, the world. I just got picked up a couple of listeners from Belize and um, <coughs> Nambia. Uh, the last couple of weeks, so I wanted to highlight that. Thank you wow. for all the people who support now. Uh, for you as individuals, you want to keep Intelligent Radio on the air, you can support as an individual as well at mentaldialogue.com and give your individual support uh, for those outside of Atlanta. We have a individual support level of literally only $5 a month. Again, it just guarantees that this type of radio stays on the air. I have others in this arena with me. They do very well, and I don't think their podcast is strong as mine. If I could throw that out there, so if you like what you're getting, please become a supporter. I mean, even if you want to do one or two dollars a month, you can change the amount. But again, if you are an individual listener, please become a supporter of our show at mentaldialogue.com. If you are in Atlanta, become a full out member at nine dollars a month. I do have some little people outside of Atlanta who are full out members, and we uh, the, the website explains what you get with it. And if you're a advertiser, there are heavy discounts. So I, a couple of our permanent advertisers are taking advantage of our black black card membership, and they get heavy discounts with advertising on our social media as well as the show. So definitely want to point that out, and we do need that support. So please consider becoming a supporter. This morning's discussion question, reparations. What about Africans selling other Africans? We have another caller that wants to get in. Let's get them in before we get to the end of the show here. Area code 202-LAST-3873. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. This is Sister Sean. Am I on the line? Yes, you are live on the air, Queen. Thank you, Sister Sean, for being uh, with us. What's yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just very quick, because I know you're closing out. I, I just want to um, do a little uh, a fact check. I believe ADOS um, stands for American Descendants of Slaves versus okay, thank Africans. You. Yeah, right. and, yeah, and yeah, I, I had it wrong. You're absolutely right. I was just saying it wrong. Yes, You're I absolutely right. Queen. Thank you for that. that. No, yeah, please get so that I right. Think, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think <laughs> those two words, using the word American versus using the word African, is part of some of the contention. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just going to say overall on the conversation, I just want to leave people with unity and tidbits. Um, I feel that there's no room for contention at this point. Um, I believe in the the philosophy that all boats must rise. I believe in the philosophy is uh, take the path of least resistance. Whoever can get there for, first, we should um, rally behind that person, and it doesn't matter who's first, second, or last as long as we win. Dr. Claude Anderson has already taught us, if you're learned under his uh, teaching, is that this is all about a team sport. So I would encourage mm-hmm. the community to understand that um, all this other stuff, we need to just go sit down somewhere and put it aside um, because this is a team sport and we're playing to win. Um, and everybody uh, can, contribute to the, can contribute to the team, um, young, old, and in between. Okay. Um, second point, this concept, I listened to the sister when she was talking about they had just unearthed some bones not too long ago of the brothers and sisters, African slaves in the New York, in New York area. And once they did like autopsies and, you know, analysis mm-hmm. of the bones, that the muscles were literally separated from the bone. Muscles separated from mm-hmm. the bone. That's probably where that old adage that we all hear, they done worked up to the bone. <laughs> so yep. I want everybody I want everybody to be mindful of that And I'm trying to do things in my layman's term Because I'm understanding layman I'm not an expert But at the bottom line my consensus <laughs> is This is all about And this is the theme This is what we want people to, to stick to This is all about unpaid labor This is a debt <laughs> This is a debt that must be paid People work to the fact to the point where their muscles were separated from the bone. Put it into this current day contact. Nobody on this line, nobody on this phone is going to go on their job and work 80 hours and not get a check. So I don't even want to hear the check Absolutely. argument. No, we deserve a check along with other repair. We are being repaired for injury. Just like you go and get in a car accident. If you in a car accident, Montoya, and if you get injured, what do you expect? You want a check, don't you? You want your check, and on top of getting your check, you also want your hospital bills paid. You want other things outside of the check. You want rehabilitation. You may have lost your leg. So don't let them pull you down this road. We're going to keep fighting, and we're not going to be divisive. We're going to unite and organize around this thing. Okay? And there's a lot of things. Fair enough. Thank you for your... Yes, yes. I I don't know if that's too much. No, I'm sorry. I thought you were in. I I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were... No, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead and finish your last thought. Well, there's a lot of pathways to this. There's a lot of other people working on forms of reparations and recovery. We will not know that unless we start talking to one another. Right here in the District of Columbia, John Chief has the Recovery Act, okay? Claude Anderson has actually wrote different forms of reparations for different cities. Uh, The template is already there. What I see happening now is we got to take these little local things, and I think what ADOS is doing, we're nationalizing it. We're taking it all the way. But there's a lot of fights below that national fight. But just because you fight on one level don't mean that you don't fight at the bottom. No, you literally all fights start at the root, and then you fight at the ground. But it doesn't matter which level you fight, as long as we keep fighting. We we already know. Thank you you for your thoughts. Okay. Uh, thank you for your All thoughts, right, Queen. You. Yeah, brother, if you're like, we okay. the last minute, I won't get some last thought in, King, but thanks for 
tuning in. You've already given us an amazing three cents this morning. We've got about a minute, um, Latrice, so I'll kind of let you give any last thoughts you have before we go. Um, get, wonderful show today. Wonderful show. Thank you for waking up for me this morning. Definitely help us get through it and give insight as well. Go ahead, Quinn. Yeah, it's been a history lesson for me. Um, great conversation, dialogue that I think is going to continue for a few years to come. Uh, thank you. And for all y'all who are listening, you know, just keep in mind, if you listen live, you got to catch, you got to call in and give your three cents. If you didn't, sorry, uh, but you can always share the podcast. So make sure you are following us. We're out now. We're on Spotify and all, pretty much all major podcasts. Often we've not quite got to iTunes yet. I'm still working on that. But for the most part, if you already listen to podcasts, you can go get the links. Go to Blog Talk Radio and look up Mr. Dialogue and share this link with your friends and family. Because again, I think. I, again, I learned a lot on this show. There's a lot of context that we all, I think, needed, and that's why we did the show. So see y'all next Saturday for Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. Great show. Great callers.